Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said in the introduction to the service, we are beginning this year a walk through the Gospel of Matthew, as we do, in fact, every three years. And so for the next few weeks, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 4 and chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. But before we get to that great, really long discourse, the Sermon on the Mount, we have one more, what we call last week, elevator speeches. You remember the ones we've had so far, kind of the first one was Jesus at his baptism, where John expressed confusion as to why Jesus was being baptized by him instead of Jesus baptizing John. And Jesus said, let it be so now in order to fulfill all righteousness. Thus, indicating the role that Jesus was going to play in his ministry, that he would carry our burdens on his shoulders. And then last week we had John the Baptist with his short pithy sermon for his disciples, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, pointing at Jesus walking by. And today Jesus reiterates John the Baptist's very first short sermon in Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew's gospel, you see, is all about the kingdom of heaven. And so it's worth spending a few moments this morning talking about what a kingdom is, why it would come from heaven, and in what way the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, many Christians or at least people that claim to be Christian that I run into outside of the church. And this is especially true of the many, 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 many lapsed Roman Catholics in Quebec say, well, of course I'm a Christian. Of course I'm a Catholic. I just don't attend worship. I don't know my priest. I don't know any of the other people that are part of my parish, but that's okay. I can be a Christian by myself all on my own. You know, what's interesting is if that is true of Christians, surely that could also be true of Jesus himself. I mean, after all, he is the son of God. And yet he calls to himself disciples, people to go with him on his journey, people that, yes, just like Christians today can be a bit of a drag. I hear it all the time from people. Oh, I don't want to be part of organized religion because the people are so weird. To which I want to say, of course they are, and that's why you'll be welcome. Jesus calls people to himself because what he is bringing into the world is a kingdom. And you can't have a kingdom of one. It looks weird. It's strange. And people think maybe there's something not quite right with your head. One of the video games that I played years ago is set in a post-apocalyptic world where there's been a nuclear war 200 years before and you're wandering the countryside. And at one point you run into a place called the Republic of Dave. The Republic of Dave is exactly what you would expect. It's basically Dave's family. And Dave is the president of said Republic. Now the Republic of Dave was formerly the kingdom of Tom. And that's exactly what you would think that was. It was a kingdom basically centered around Tom and his children. It's a joke, right? It sounds funny because a kingdom requires more than just one family, more than just one person. 
And that is exactly true of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, you see, could have very easily gone throughout all Galilee, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the gospel, healing every disease and every affliction among the people without anybody going along with him, without Peter and all of his foibles or Andrew or James and John and all of their come uppidence and wanting to be sitting at Jesus's right and his left. And the whole other crew of people with all of their issues. But you can't have a kingdom by yourself. You can't have a kingdom without subjects. A kingdom, as you have heard me say over and over and over again from this pulpit, is not a location. It's not just geography. A kingdom is a people. In fact, kingdom is better translated as reign. The reign of the heavens. The will of God taking place in the world in and through people. Some of you have maybe heard about ChatGPT, the new AI speechwriter. I actually tried just for fun to see if it could write this morning's sermon. It, um, it would have been pretty dry, but not all wrong. I asked if it could explain to me what the kingdom of heaven is, and its immediate reference was not to geography, but to the kingdom of heaven being God's work in and through God's people who are called to fellowship in Jesus Christ. Not bad for AI. Maybe we can make a Christian out of it yet. But this is what a kingdom is. And God bless God, he calls all of us too. Each and every one of us with our foibles and our troubles and our hangups and our issues God calls you and me by name and says, I desire that you be my followers as well. In fact, I want to call the whole world to be my disciples. To find in me the person through whom God's will is being worked out. To find in me the one in whom God is present. Christ fills us with his spirit, calls us his body, brings light into our darkened hearts that we might bring light into our darkened world. We too, like Peter and Andrew, James and John, are part of the reign of God in the world because God is reigning in us. Of course, there are certainly those who do not want God's kingdom to come. Luther talks about that in the catechism. There are those who hear the words of Jesus and say, that is horrible. I don't want to hear that there is one man by whom all would, through whom all people must be saved. That that man had to die on a cross for me. That God has to be the one to deliver me and that I cannot deliver myself. There is nothing more obnoxious than to tell people that they cannot deliver themselves from sin. It's what divides disciples from non-disciples. Non-disciples are those who say, I can pull this off by myself. I will be my own kingdom. I will be my own king. The Republic of Mary. The kingdom of James. All the universe will revolve around me. And I have to tell you that those kingdoms and republics are lonely. Very lonely. I heard a statistic by Bell Canada of course, going to be celebrating, or celebrating is probably not the right word, commemorating Mental Health Day on January 25th, that every single day in Canada, 200 people try and take their own lives. 
12 of them are successful. Loneliness and depression and anxiety are real. And you know what really gives depression and anxiety strength? Being by yourself. It's why Luther said Satan's one primary job is not to get you to lie. It's not to get you to commit adultery. It's not even to convince you to murder. It's to isolate you from the kingdom. To get you by yourself, to convince you that there is no one but you. And that's why Jesus, when he comes, says, follow me. Be with me. Come and be with others who are with me. And understand that they are going to have issues just like you. But you will still be the example of the reign of God in the world. Next week is our voters meeting. Most Missouri Synod churches have a voters meeting every month. As hard as that is to believe, it's kind of crazy. We do it once a year. So it's not quite so tedious. And our voters meetings are generally very short. All we're doing is electing officers, approving the budget, hearing reports. But you know what we're really doing when we gather together for the reading of those minutes and the hearing of reports and the approving of budgets and the listening to the strategy and the action plan for our mission? We are recognizing the reign of God. That God is working through us. That Jesus is still alive through us in bringing his light to the world. And in these very, very mundane things, how much money we're going to spend on heating and how much money we're going to spend on bulletins and whether or not we're going to have another worker come and from what group and what sort of activities we're going to engage in. Each and every one of those things is the reign of God that started with Jesus, continued through his disciples, now continuing through us. And we're all tempted to say, I've got more important things to do on a Sunday afternoon. Sit around and listen to all these things. But the disciples could have said that too. You know, we kind of like fishing. We understand fishing. We know how nets work. We can run a boat. This Jesus guy, we don't know what that's going to be about. And it's kind of scary because we're not sure what the next step is going to be. And nonetheless, Jesus comes and says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Councils need members. Buildings need workers. Ministry needs givers and volunteers. And in all those very mundane things, Jesus continues to bring his light of forgiveness and salvation to the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven 